Hey guys, and welcome back to the Blue Collar Off-Road Podcast, episode 12. I'm here with Richie, Luke, and Cody. And today we got a couple, it's kind of a grab bag of topics we've got going on. Um, I think we'll start with um, side hobbies, other than off-roading stuff. And I think we've sort of touched on this a little bit here and there. But, I mean, related or unrelated, I guess, if it affects... Eh, if if it has anything to do or has it helped you in off-roading in any way uh, personally i'm a you know when i'm not working on jeeps and stuff i don't IT, i'm an it guy i've got if you knew me from a you know work perspective i don't know if you'd know that i've built no dumb no jeeps. one would not a yeah. single goddamn person would ever suspect anything about you in off-roading yeah it's sort of a weird uh clash of stuff i've got going on I, you you definitely seem like graham the stereotypical nerd that's yep. not true that's not true because when <laughs> to, i to first me. when i first met him i had no idea that he was even into technical stuff or i guess technological stuff is probably a better word i mean i genuinely had no clue so i wouldn't have classified him as a nerd he doesn't have like the big spectacles and like, <laughs> like, like, snouts or whatever you know i don't know but he's not a Graham just looks like a nerd to me. Oh, uh, well. I, I'm going to say it. I, say I mean, it. I feel like you look more like a nerd with your glasses <laughs> and your curly hair, man. I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess the, you know, the tech stuff, the computer stuff, for me, working on that during the week, um, you know, I've, I've always been into computers, always been into, you know, working with software and hardware and you know, just stuff related to you know of that nature and uh, i've always found the off-roading stuff and the you know the mechanical work that i put into cars and um you know just all the actual hands-on stuff i end up doing with vehicles to be a nice break from the tech stuff right that's sort of yeah. what i figured out once i started working full-time as an as an IT guy, it was like I don't want to come home and work on computers. Like, yeah, fair enough. I understand that's I, that. That's what I, I do every day. Understand like, that too. You just you need a break. And I've the I think the thought process that I put into some of the work I do, and I mean I still do some technical stuff on the side, but less so than I would uh, if I wasn't working in IT. Um, so yeah. I, I, do you guys have something similar going on? Do you have hobbies that you go to or stuff that you do during the week that you know, keeps you sane away from the you know, off-roading or the other way around? You know, it's funny is the off-roading is what keeps me sane. But like, um, as we were talking about, I heavily got into 3D printing um, in the past couple of weeks. That's been like my major go-to hobby. Um, I shoot on the side a lot too, but lately it's been a little bit cold, and I don't know if you guys have seen, but ammo prices are through the goddamn roof. So shooting has been kind of like a uh, when I have a overtime paycheck kind of a deal. Um, and the 3D printing stuff is tying back in for me with the hobby because like I'm building a bunch of custom shit for my Jeep, like with the shifters and all of that stuff. Um, Aren't you looking into doing a switch panel as well? Yeah, I'm doing a switch panel because, well, that was actually what got me into the 3D printing is I asked someone who I knew had a 3D printer to make me a radio-based switch panel 
uh, to take up that slot, and he quoted me the 120 bucks to do it, and I was like, damn! And Jesus. I looked into it, and I was like, crap, I can buy a 3D printer for 200 Huh. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm diving in head first. Yeah. Um, what about you, Cody? I mean, I feel like my hobbies just take away from my wheeling. Like, everything that I, like, whether it be dirt bikes, snowmobiles, snowboarding, uh, paintball, video games, the le- like the uh, level of entry that it takes to get into those kind of hobbies is just as expensive as wheeling. Like right now, me and Graham have been tossing up the idea of building me a PC, but it's like that's gonna cost me thirteen hundred bucks or so, maybe even more. That money could be spent for I don't know, coilovers, four links out of for the rear. It could be cage stuff, seats. Like, yeah, you're but... not wrong. But at the same time, I will say this: your computer, if you build a decent one, will last you quite a long time, and it allows you to do a shit ton of extra. And you won't crash on the podcast. <laughs> no, that's, that's half the, the fun. That's the fun. <laughs> but it becomes it, tradition. Correct. <laughs> but um, it would have been funny if I actually crashed right then because it would have been like perfect timing. <laughs> but um. I don't know, like, I after work, most times I go home, I play some video games, hang out with the guys, and I was kind of tossing up the idea of going next-gen, and in reality, for $600 for something that's going to last, what, four years probably, till the next one comes out, it's just worth it to go PC. I love PC games. Any PlayStation or Xbox game, you can mostly play on uh, PC, and better, so it's worth well, it. Only better if you... Uh, there's trade-offs here and there. Uh I wouldn't say that it's. I like it more because there's a lot more potential for things to go wrong. It's sort of like off-roading in in a sense, right? <laughs> like there's true. I mean, and true. I've been like this month especially. I don't know what it is. I've had uh, a, a bunch of buddies who just keep having computer problems. It's like I'm an IT guy after hours as well, which <laughs> isn't what I want to be doing. But you know, that it sounds it, like someone's I, a nerd. I understand <laughs> it though. Like when I was working. <laughs> such a dickhead <laughs> when i was working as a mechanic i understood that like when i got home i did not want to touch anything like tools a vehicle nothing because it was so stuck in my head of 40 hours a week or actually it was longer than that i was working stupid hours i just never even wanted to touch it and even now like i'm doing a side job for a buddy of mine doing uh redoing his whole entire basement and i do like property maintenance stuff so and I now I'm thinking about it, I'm like fuck after work. Do I really want to go and put mud and tape on this wall? No, not really. I want to go home and drink some beer and hang out with the guys. You know, like just kind of what I prefer. But back to kind of the topic at hand, the only the only hobby that I'd say really correlates over to wheeling was dirt biking. I started dirt biking at a really young age, so getting to understand how different uh, terrains and how it affects traction and how it affects like fatigue it correlates pretty easily over to wheeling like you can look at an obstacle and have six guys look at that same obstacle and each one of them are going to pick a different line but somebody who has experience and understands their vehicle the best will pick the best line and do it the easiest so and especially with like racing coming up to something you have probably what a second maybe two seconds to really decide like this is your line you're sticking to it and you better hit it hard and it kind of correlates over to wheeling where you can watch your buddy hit something and go, mm, I bet I could do it if I do it this way, do it this way. 
and it all just comes down to what your rig is capable to. If you see a massive line, but you only have 30s and you need 53s, like it ain't gonna happen. But it could be a decent line if you had bigger tires. So, yeah. That's, so that's the um, other thing is you can. Sorry to keep cutting you off, Luke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this. this uh, I hate to sort of you know brag a little bit, but it, the Rouse trip for me following on our was it the second day luke or was that yeah that was day two of us wheeling right it was um, we were mostly following rigs on 42s what are you talking about are you talking about the adventure with jamie or are you talking about on the uh, second no, day? day after that okay yeah no that was right. um the smallest with, rig there was on 37s yeah and it was you know we were riding with curtis and everybody else and you know they've got, got big rigs that are on borderline buggies or I don't know if you'd consider some of the those things buggies. I, I, I think they would be. I would consider them at the very least very dedicated crawlers. Uh, yes. Maybe not quite buggies. I mean, but... Yeah, they're not tube chassis. They're they have they're built off a platform, right? I mean, two Cherokees and TJ and anybody else who was there. I think those guys were the 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 main ones. But uh, I mean, me and Colin up until Colin broke, I'm sure he would have continue to follow after if he hadn't broke but line choice you can make a make it up this a similar obstacle to something that's got bigger tires with smaller tires uh and and, and you'll be fine right yeah I yeah mean, i i do a pretty all right job following you and uh luke and so exactly 35 it's all about line choice you just have to and tying back into what Cody said, right? But, uh, you know, challenging that a little bit. Just because you don't have the same setup doesn't mean you can't do the same obstacle. You just have to pick the right line for your vehicle, right? Yeah, and yeah. at some point in time, you do eventually hit, quote-unquote, a wall where mm -hmm. you're just not going to surpass it, even, like, you know, you're not going to take a Jeep on 31s down some of the NEA blacks. It's just not going to happen. Correct. I'm um, <laughs> sometimes it sometimes it actually limits me too. I've noticed where I choose an easy line and it doesn't like look as a pleasing. I guess is the best way to put it. Where if one obstacle has different lines, but people classify them as different uh, ratings, I guess is the best way to put it. Like split rock, you have your the left side that's a forty inch line. Your center line, I mean, you could probably do it on at least 37s i'd say depending on how big your diff is in the, like uh in the back where then you climb the right hand side i've been able to do it with little diffs and 35s yeah and there we go with the classic cody cutout he dropped i was <laughs> right gonna make fun on of him goddamn for that, uh, time you got big diff swinging or little diff yeah. swinging um, he's gone so He'll be back in a moment or two, as per usual. Oh, there he is. Welcome right back. Right as I'm talking. Right <laughs> as I'm talking. God damn it, dude. <laughs> I can't even last like five minutes. Yeah. Um, but what I, I mean was... is like, sorry, okay. I don't know if anybody cut it. Cut, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. You go. We're, we're, if you um, remember your train of thought, we were just kind yeah. of joking about you crashing. <laughs> but I guess it's just like I sometimes I take the easy line just because t like in my head i'm thinking like racer mindset like just get up the obstacle and i feel like sometimes i don't explore enough on different trails 
to really get that like fun factor where I don't know if you noticed when we went to uh, Brookridge, everybody was pretty much running the same line down the trail. They were just following you like a mama bear. And I just was like, you know, what? fuck it. I'm just going to play around on different things just because I, I don't know. It's kind of half the fun. You, you just do something different. You hope for the best and hope it works. But Yeah. So real quick to uh, finish off this topic, because I think we're kind of, meandering off <laughs> cash what are your side hobbies and did they have an effect on wheeling to me well you're yeah, the only you're the kish only... here kish. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't hear that what do, what do you do during the week other than you know, record this podcast and uh work uh, right honestly that's it. family friendly <laughs> Fr- family friendly okay you know Quality oh, content, don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, my life is sad and pathetic, and I don't do anything. That's totally so, fine. If you just chill out and do nothing, that's... I mean, I don't know if I'd call I, it a hobby, the, but that's definitely a valid way to spend your time. D- during the summer, I would just spend a fuck ton of time outside. But, you know, now it's cold out, so I don't want to do that. Yeah, Versus, I mean... But it's, I, I used to I used to go riding all the time on quads and dirt bikes but a few years ago i blew up the motor on the quad i have and been too lazy to fix it and then i got a jeep and now i don't want to put any money into the quad because i could put the money into the jeep i feel that yeah i have a fucked up snowmobile sitting at my dad's house that literally needs a few things and it's just because the money being spent on that could be spent on that is being spent on my Jeep. So I, I understand that fully. Yeah. I'm yeah not... I, I think I think I have to buy a $400 rebuild kit for the motor for this quad. And then it'd be back to ripping. As long as you didn't score the pistons and fuck it all up. But I got a dingleberry hone, so we can at least make it somewhat decent. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking perfect. I mean, I could bring it into work as well because, you know, I do have access to milling machines. And just bore it 20 over. Boom. Yes. <laughs> yes, big bore for life. Big bore quad. Um, <laughs> one thing that I will say that, like, I sold my doubler. Uh, I know we were talking about that on one of the episodes. I forget which one. But I did end up selling it. Um, I took the money and I put half of it towards an atlas. And then the other half of that went towards gun parts and ammo. So, um. A couple of fun things from the past was we learned more about wheeling with Kish's... What was that thing? That thing was sick. That Suzuki you had? Oh, the quad? Yeah, that thing fucking... That, that, was, a, that was a 1987 Suzuki 4x4 that had hmm. high, low, and super low range with four-wheel drive diff front and rear. Huh. That's the pretty thing, cool. The thing was an absolute monster, especially for being a little 250. Yeah, it went a lot of places, and we learned a lot about line choice with that thing. That thing uh, was sick. A little fun fact is the fact that most of the trails that we have at my house were all originally done by that quad. Yeah. Wow. It, it's a lot easier to do Devil's Den on a quad than it is on an XJ, though. Yeah. 
<laughs> trying to think of what obstacle that is. Uh, that's the one off of the green trail where if you cut up that large ledge that we've slowly just been cutting obstacles oh, out of. Yes, yes. Right yep. where the brook runoff is. We call that Devil's Den because if you go to take the side climb, that's always a wet, muddy disaster. And if you go for the main climb, I've seen like three buggies make it and I made it one time. That's where Richie snapped his axle shaft last uh, trip, uh, right? On the uh, lead up to that, yeah. Yeah, yeah gotcha. he wasn't quite gotcha. in it. The, the, only thing, Sorry. the only thing that quad didn't do were any of the large rock faces. Understandable. That the have been doing. Yeah, that's definitely understandable. The, that quad is actually the only thing that's ever made it all the way through my swamp. Wow. <laughs> and I yeah. wonder why it stopped working. Weird. <laughs> Who would have no, thought? It, 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 was, it was an I-beam that made it stop work. You hit an I-beam? I, <laughs> yes. Oh. I was, I was going down a hill at like 65, 70 miles an hour, and someone had closed the gate. I mean, this, this was like 10, 15 years ago. And someone had closed the gate, which was just a giant I-beam. And so I went to hit the brakes, and all my brakes blew out. That was when they decided to just completely end life. And then I went to try to start downshifting, and it got stuck in between gears. Uh, so I, just... I would have bailed. I would have absolutely bailed. Instant thought would have just been tuck and roll. Get off that yeah, thing. Yeah. It was, oh, it was definitely one of those scenes where I froze and my entire body locked up. Oh. And I wailed that thing. Completely caved in the entire front end of that quad. Yeah, oh, I don't know how you were alive after that because that quad was like fucking crushed in. But uh, I, I don't know, but I had to drive it three miles back through the trails because I couldn't get it over the gate. <laughs> Oh my Jesus. god. I so I ha- flipped <laughs> I flipped it like three or four times. Although I'm gonna back. say you're probably fucking exaggerating because that thing you would have probably been fucking dead if you hit that thing at fucking seventy. Yeah, you would have shot off the handlebars like two hundred feet. Easily. Maybe not that far. So when yeah. just to put it in perspective, when I when I totaled my stepmom's snowmobile when I was like thirteen, I was doing like thirty five and I got launched fifteen feet when i hit a pole in the middle of a field like so if you're going double that oh god unless it caught you at the hip and you just like ate it like a car like a seat belt that'd be worse oh yeah worse i hit the handlebars and the handlebars folded over yep and i destroyed the plastics with my thighs my entire midsection was all a deep purple. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure this was like 40, 50. I'm sure the 65, 70 was an exaggeration, but you know what? It sure as fuck felt. It. Oh fuck so, yeah, it does. <laughs> next yeah, time, when you breaks. Next time, say you're going 100. Then just yeah, just <laughs> double down, dude. 120, 130. Yeah. I was hauling. <laughs> you know what though? That's one of those weird things when you think about it, like in relation to our perception on time, if you will. Because, like, it seems like your fucking Jeep is moving a shit ton faster than it actually is. If you look at the Speedo when you're doing some really dumb shit, it might be at, like, what, 15? True. And it feels like you're fucking speeding. 
off of especially, well especially with you guys with your 538 gears i've seen graham hit maybe i don't even think i've seen a speedo move when he's rev limiter in first gear just wow bop, bop, if i'm bop, at rev limiter it's at like four or five grand that's how it that's how that works it feels like you're trying to really assault something but you know your tires are moving eight miles an hour your yeah, engine's and we've talked about you. this before like i have an issue with wheel speed because i'll be like killing the thing and the wheels aren't moving because i'm in first gear <laughs> just you, you got all that noise, but you ain't got no go. Exactly. That's, that's me. Just a lot of noise, and it just doesn't do anything. <laughs> but it is <laughs> it is so weird how videos change perspective on different obstacles or hills or anything. Like, we had a guy on Instagram who was, like, I guess he was kind of hopping into Luke's shit. He was like, dude, why you gotta, Why are you giving it so much gas when you're on a hill that somebody could do on 31s open, open? And I, I literally <laughs> just wrote back. That. I literally wrote back. I was like, this is the funniest thing I've heard all week. Like, you do not understand, but it's true. It's so many different circumstances. Like, a video will look like nothing, but when you stand next to it, you're like, oh, shit. That's, yep. wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was a video. It's on the... Um instagram page and it's been shared around quite a bit but it's the blue jeep going up this double rock face and it doesn't look like much but the rocks are probably about three and a half feet tall and you've got to do two steps in one shot um and it had and just rained yeah it had just rained so like the rocks were wet but the dirt you could dig down and find clean like dryish dirt so mm -hmm. it was no fucking traction. I got pissed and just had to give her a fucking hard hit. And <laughs> this guy is sitting there and he's like, yeah, I could probably do that on 32s. I'm like, you know what, dude? Fucking, you can do that. I'll pay for your gas to come to the property <laughs> and drive home. <laughs> See, that's what scares me about, uh, like, out west. Like watching people do different crazy shit out in Moab and whatnot. Like it's steep in videos, dude. Those those trails must be insane. Like straight up ninety degrees up and down. I uh, yeah, but you also have sandpaper on your all the rocks. Yeah, but still, that doesn't change. It's still got a pucker factor, I'm sure. Hell yeah, yeah. it feels like you're taking off in a rocket. You're sitting and loaded up, and it's like three. A two and then a poof, like yeah. uh, I'm all set. When I, I was at um, or when I was in El Paso, I experienced that though. It's the weirdest thing. The Jeep people out there have a lot less of a fear of, if you will, heights. They're like more okay with getting the nose vertical because of the traction that you have out there. You can just like walk up stuff. You know the uh, rock faces at the back of Kish's? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Out there, you could just like almost walk up it standing straight up and just like going on your tiptoes because of how much traction there was. You can't do that here. You got to like actually climb up it. Mm -hmm. huh. If that makes sense. Yeah, I'm yeah. still all set. No, thank you. Mm -mm. <laughs> it does make I, the I rolls cool. I still want to get <laughs> out to Moab. I still want to wheel Moab. Oh, I'm down. I'll just be watching from above or below. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I say that now, but I go out there and I definitely probably do it. So, <laughs> yep. But yeah, it'd be fun to get a trip organized. Just it's far. That's real far. You gonna yeah, drive a Jeep, Graham? Mister, I drove my Jeep everywhere. Yes, I will. 
You Fuck drive you. your jeep to Moab, wheel it at Moab, and then drive hey, it Hey, if I had enough time in advance, I'd make sure my transfer case was in tip-top shape. There's no <laughs> water out there, so I don't have to worry about filling all my uh, you know, oil-filled What about what bubbles is this, with... Devil's Bowl or whatever? Oh, yeah, Mickey's but it doesn't have tub. that much water. I wouldn't sink it in that. <laughs> no, see, that, I, I say we all rent a fucking flatbed tractor trailer. Everyone loads like five or six Jeeps on it, and we just minivan all the way out. That sounds very Honestly, expensive. I just no, fly it's actually not that bad. Fucking, huh. um, I knew a couple of dudes that were doing that. It cost them like $4,000 for their and back freight, throwing it on a car hauler. And I mean, if you split that between like six people, that's, I think that's a bit cheap. Cause if you think Moab is almost 3,500 miles from here, so you're saying less than 50 cents a mile for there and back. That's yeah. Well, they cheap. got thrown on a, one of those multi-car haulers. So oh, it okay. was like, gotcha. yeah, it got split and then they had unloaded and reloaded it. And like, they just flew out there and picked up their huh. shit. That's pretty cool. Which that would just be fucking awesome. Nah, yeah. I drive. I would mm. just drive my my truck and trailer out there because then you know you can hit all the. There's like if you go across the northern part, there's a lot of nice scenery. There's a lot of nice national parks that you can camp at. I mean, it'd be worth the trip. Not see, yeah. Ship your shit out and then drive it back. No. That's yeah, the that's opposite the direction. It's, it's, drive it out there and then ship it back. Yeah, that's I would be more responsible I, that's, way to do it. That's where I'm at. I mean, though, I mean, if I kind of keep going with the route that my Jeep's going to go on, it's definitely not going to be street legal enough unless we do a lot of modifications, which would be pretty cool. But yeah, the trip out there in the Jeep would be rad than wheeling it and then shipping it back would definitely be the smart way to do it. Think of the photos. That'd be sick. Mount or not Mount Washington, uh, Mount Rushmore with your Jeep. Hell yeah. Yeah. Instagram. We could always stop at Nebraska. I got a buddy in Nebraska. <laughs> anybody else have anybody who we can where we can stop along the way? Arizona. But that's Arizona? not the way. Oh, that's, the wrong, that's, 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 that's the wrong way. Too too far My south. Sisters in Tennessee. That that's Oh, we could stop by happen. we could Sorry. stop by Michigan. We could say hi oh, to the uh... Yeah, but that's also like the wrong direction from you know utah in that area but yeah i guess you're it right yeah. where you go um one thing i do want to do is i would love to do like a dirty south trip if you will i want to go yes. and hit um like wind harlan windrock and yes. gold gulches yeah yes like or like the old salt mines that are down that area fuck yeah yeah fucking or sand mines sand mines i don't know eh. I, I, I think I know what you're what talking about. Or I <laughs> wow, not forget what you're talking about. I think I, I know what you're I talking actually, about. I Holy actually shit. have a buddy that lives not that far from the gulches. Like that's huh. his go-to spot to wheel. Yeah, my grandparents live an hour from there too. So Oh sweet. Free hotel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey grandma, we're gonna have about uh fourteen to fifteen guys staying in your basement. Sound cool? Cool, got it. <laughs> or camping in your backyard. I hope it's fine. <laughs> Honestly, they're all sober guys, they're all nice gentlemen, they'll just piss and shit outside. Don't worry about it. You won't even see them. <laughs> Honestly, my they're grandparents nice would probably they are some nice people. <laughs> they would probably be like, Oh, okay, cool. 
Can we All get right, drunk? Mark it down. We're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Luke gave us confirmation. It's happening. Uh, but yeah, Windrock is definitely on my on my list for sure. I've for got a sure. buddy out there too, so I'd have to pick Trevor up. I got I, a buddy down in North Carolina that has been wanting to meet up for a long time, and North Carolina is like two states over, so definitely sure we could. Plenty of places. Yep. I really want to go to that spot at Windrock where it's uh, you're in like the base of a pond, and then you just shoot up this big rock ledge. There's all kinds of videos online about it. All right, yeah, I think that that was Disney, but um, so Graham, I know that we were dealing with your track bar situation. Um, we were talking last week about what it was doing and how like the unibody was separating. Do you have any, like we, I think we had talked, I can't remember if it was on the podcast or off the podcast about your plans for it. Um, have you made any progress on that? And I mean, I'm going to have to ask the same question to Cody cause I know some cool parts are showing up. Nice. Well, I can't say any progress on my end has been made. Um, what I can say is I was doing some prep because I had to drive it to our buddy Colin, who we talk about quite a bit. And um, he's he's redoing my front bumper. So the iconic stinger is going away and I'm getting something that no. will give me better approach angles and uh, it just look better. I like the style that he's got going on with his bumper. You know, my rear bumper, I don't want to say was sort of based off of that, but I've always known I wanted a, a tube rear, but you know, the the tube front that he made matches what I was thinking for my rear bumper and have for a rear bumper. So I think it'll tie everything in nicely. It'll actually look look normal. Uh or it look like it all belongs, if that makes any sense. I think I think it's gonna I think it's gonna look amazing. Honestly. Yeah, I mean like, just I think it'll the, fit your Jeep beautifully. The the little snippets I've seen he's kind of been you know, not really he hasn't been like hiding it from me, but he hasn't been showing stuff. I think on purpose because it's. I mean, I kind of know what to expect, but I mean, it's gonna be. Did he it's gonna be weird that, seeing it on my Jeep. Did he just say that you were the one that was ducking him on seeing the progress? Yeah, <laughs> that conversation did happen. Well, that's because I my my phones just don't work. Okay, I've got <laughs> it made with bad phones. For, for context, I've got two phones. I've got one that I sunk so it doesn't work, and the other one's like seven no not seven sorry that's an exaggeration just like richie's it's like four years old and it works fine but it never charges right and if it gets cold it's this is totally off topic but i can't use it so it just other than unless it's sitting at my desk it's it's useless so i haven't been able to really keep up with some of the stuff he's been sending me because i just can't so So i'm excited for that Here's the issue that I'm seeing, though, Graham, is your Jeep is going to be absolute garbage if it doesn't have that giant stinger. (laughs) That is your icon. (laughs) That is what you're known for. No, 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 no. The only thing that's going to be not garbage is my back hatches now because I don't have to be nervous at Graham (laughs) rear-ending me or just slowly nudging and nudging until he's like a millimeter away. (laughs) I am going to miss that. I'm going to personally contact Colin and tell him to put like a four-foot stainer on. Ugh. I don't know if he's put the stinger on it yet. I know like the rest of the bumper is mostly mostly set up, but 
Either way, that's that's not really part of my plans. I knew that was going to happen at some point. I'm glad it's happening now because now I can build the rest of my shit around it. Uh, but the track bar issue, um, sort of the whole point of talking about the bumper was I was fixing my Jeep to drive it over to Colin and I did change out my master and slave cylinder. The, the seals on it were shot. It was leaking and it was creating an air bubble. So I swapped it out. And while I was under there, I found a bunch of new dents and dings that I didn't think I had. Um, And the other thing I noticed was my track bar is literally separating from uh, the frame, the frame rail, even with the stiffeners on it. I've got it and I've I've done work to reinforce it before. This will probably I mean, whatever I do to fix it this time will probably be the fourth fix I've done to the thing. It just it it rips the, the the material that it it's attached to right off and currently it's splitting this the the stiffener right where the track bar is mounted and ripping the bottom of the frame rail off and uh, i'm not 100 percent sure how i'm gonna fix it but i was initially with this project that i'm sort of gathering parts for and planning on starting as soon as i get the jeep back from colin was just going to be doubler uh, you know, the 205 uh, NWF box that I've got. I was going to cut my floors out, take my dash out, fix all my ground issues that I've, that I've accumulated from sinking the thing. And that was going to be it. I was going to hold off on the coilovers till I had more time a different for a different stretch of period. Yeah. A period of time that I would have been able to do all of that, you know, <laughs> separately. I could have focused on one thing and then another thing. But with this track bar ripping off, I'm going to have to work on the front end anyways, like a good amount to make it so it doesn't keep doing that because I don't want to have to fix it multiple times. So for somebody who's going to a solid track bar, what would you suggest on bracing? Uh, I mean, what do you mean a solid track bar? Everybody's got a solid well, track bar. No, I mean, uh, well, not me because I have a rubber bushing on one end and a ball joint on the other currently, but I'm saying going to an over-the-axle track bar and going to a drop track bar. I'm now going into this process. So what would you suggest I do to really brace that enough? Gotcha. Um, well, I mean, that area is pretty well braced to begin with. I think with the Dana 30, you probably wouldn't have as many issues. I think the reason I'm having problems with mine is because I end up putting it in crappy spots and then I use the hydro and it just shoves on that track bar. I mean, driving uh. it on the road, I, I, as sketchy as it is to have a track bar ripping off of the frame, I'm pretty sure I have, I've been having this issue for probably the past three months of oh, even Jesus. like driving around and, and back. I just didn't notice it because it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't as visible as it is now and it doesn't, it doesn't drive horribly as it sits, but it's just, eh, the longevity of it is it's not going to last. There's still plenty holding it, but it's pivoting it off the front. I would say if you were going to you know, try to avoid the issues I'm having, you wouldn't, you would either not push your axle forward as much as I did. I didn't push it forward that much, but the track bar is not sitting where the factory one sits. So it's away from the bolts. There's bolts mm. that hold uh, four bolts for the track bar, right? Two on the yep. inside of the frame and two that go through the frame or the, you know, rail. Yeah. And yep. those two bolts hold all those there's like four pieces of metal that are all sandwiched by those bolts. And everybody says, if you take those bolts out, it, you know, it's going to rip apart. 
which is true. Uh, I have those bolts in, but because my track bar is further forward than those bolts, it still is pulling yeah, the bottom layer that away. happened to me as well on mine when it ripped. It um, That inner seam, if you will, that runs b- below the motor mount, I have to weld all of that back into position, and then I'm going to plate that whole area below it with more bar or with more bracing directly to my track bar mount. And that's part of the reason I want to go coil over is so I can free up some area to add bracing to my track bar mount. Mm-hmm. I think if you're going to put your track bar in a similar location where it's a couple inches in front of those two bolts on the inside of the frame, I would I would say definitely just do a cross brace to the other frame rail. It's something that I thought about doing and probably should have done when I you know, had initially set it up because I, I can. I have extra bolt holes higher up on the track bar mount that I could have been using to just take a, you know, just a, even just one and a half inch dom going across bolt even if i bolted it to the other frame rail i think there's bolts over there and just drag it across to hold the track bar yeah, i think did, that would that would give it enough have a motor in the way yeah it bends you bend you, you it can, under you, the oil you can pan. go in underneath yeah. right under the oil pan oh shit um, <laughs> no, no, Richie. Actually, what you do is you drill through the oil pan, put grommets on each side, and it now your motor is attached to your like your frames even more. It's super you stiff. Just... Oh, so so you don't even need the motor mounts. Exactly. It's like a motor plate <laughs> through your oil perfect. pan. <laughs> wow. But, no. um... Yeah, that's something that I'm actually ordering next too. Is the cross brace? I guess you could call it. For the track bar going through. Uh, oh, I mean, plenty of fab. companies make it now, right? I think yep. Iron Man yeah. has one. Yeah. Stinky Fab. Stinky Fab has one. I had the Iron Man kit on my ZJ, and I had never had an issue with my track bar. Like Iron Man once. or Iron Rock? Iron Man. Okay, four just, by there's four. so many different irons. I and know. Uh-huh. Mans and rocks and cocks and all that, so I just had to no. figure it out. Uh, Andy had built me a custom mount. It pushed the... Um, track bar forward an inch and a half and it bolted up in the factory locations with a modified brace on it and that setup was very solid i never had any issues with it so i'm a big fan of the lateral brace um unfortunately with how low my jeep is i might be able to get away with it if i lift it another inch and a half two inches otherwise I don't know if I can fit it, and I was going to tie it into the uh, front tube work when that gets done instead. So depending on how much, how fucked my frame rail is on the bottom section, that's what I'm worried about. I've got to cut it all out at this point, get a new bracket, and and figure out how I'm going to fix it. If I do keep all that intact as it is, I'm also, I mean, the other thing that's going to happen if I'm going to go as far as stripping that frame rail is I'm going to put the coilovers in that I've got sitting around the amount of work, the amount of extra work that's going to add is, is not going to be that much more than me basically stripping a frame rail and rebuilding that mount. I mean, it's going to be more work, but since I'm in there and I've got all this stuff to, to go in there, I might as well do it. So, and that might be able to help strengthen everything anyways. Right. If I don't, I'm not sure how I do it yet, but I'm sure once I'm looking at it, I could figure out some other ways to keep that stupid thing from moving. Hmm. I like how Colin did his coilovers. Yeah. Well, I still what is that? 
I'm confused what? on how that kind of ties into the, uh, or is that kind of what you were getting into? I apologize. I kind of spaced out there and then I kind of threw back um, to myself, back into the conversation. Well, I mean, if I'm going to, going to be working on that frame rail and taking things out to work on it, it's not that much more of a stretch for me to just put the shock hoops on and, mm-hmm. and put another chunk of tube in there to, to stiffen everything up and go across the top. If I'm going to be going across the bottom anyways, and doing all sorts of shit to to stiffen that front end because at this point it's ripping off. Like I don't know, I don't know how unibodies, you know, how solid they are once you basically are ripping them apart. But I have a feeling that it's not going to last me that long if I just band-aid it again, right? This isn't like I said. This isn't the first time I've I've fixed it by just adding metal. At this point, I've got to cut metal off and just sort of go back through what I have to make it. So it's going to last a whole nother season, right? Because that's that's what I want. I don't want to have to be fixing my well, track bar. you ideally not want it to last just another season? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. That, that, that would be ideal. But if I can get one year of hard wheeling out of the stupid thing and have it not give any shits about what I'm doing to it, then you know I'll I'll take it. I'm I'm okay with working on the thing. You know I, that's sort of been my trend for the past few years is. Like I got, you know, a solid eight months, nine months, ten months of wheeling, and then I fix it over the course of the you know, the downtime of the winter, and I've always got something, or I've had for the past two years, you know, some big projects that go on in December into January, and I've sort of been slow to start on this one because I've been trying to gather parts, and I've had other projects coming in that I've been trying to work on that have been taking up my time, but. I'm hoping end of January I can start on this and uh, hopefully have it done. If I take some time off from work and do some other stuff, maybe, you know, end of month after that. I'm spacing yeah. out what it is. No, I get what you're saying. February, maybe, maybe like mid-March. I'm hoping not, but you never know. Yeah. Give myself time. My goal to get my shitbox out of the shop, you know, even though with what I've simplified is I'm shooting for like February, end of February, somewhere in there is the goal. Um, and I want to have it actually done nice. I need to go, and go commit to spending some more time on it. I've been slacking like a motherfucker. Uh, but we have been making decent progress, I'd say. Yeah, I I had a minor hold up with getting steel. Um I was trying to order or not order, but like get two pieces of 3x3 three three angle in um 316s and I called up Logan. They said that they would have they didn't have it, but they were going to get it on Friday and I called on like a Monday and I was like, "All right, whatever." So I called them. They didn't get that. And I was like, okay, whatever. Forgot about it. And then I had to go down there and they had three by three quarter in the bargain barn, which kind of pissed me off because it must have been there for fucking ever. Uh So um, to get my mounts welded to the unibody, I needed two 18 inch pieces of this. And that was my major holdup for a little while. Now my mounts are tack welded together and about to be tack welded to the unibody. So... Really quick to recap, kind of on a previous episode though. So, where did you get your coilovers from, Luke? Uh, I bought them off of Chad Bartley. And how much were they for the pair? 
I got them for I think eight fifty to my door with a t-shirt. Well, that's not bad. After the whole uh, coilover conversation and removing things, and I just started looking, and I was just trying to see pricing and all that. Yeah, because I I've been slowly acquiring parts for my uh, my front end, just trying to refine it a bit more. When we did the three link, we didn't really throw it together, but just there was a few different things that we just kind of skipped over. We knew that what was there worked. We got so, really good geometry. Some of the shock mm-hmm. mounts should be redone kind of a deal. So that's why I was like, is it worth it to just do the track bar where I want it, do the coilovers? But then I'm like, fuck, if I do coilovers, I can't do normal bump stops. I have to go to cans to actually make them perform well. And like, it was a long rabbit hole that I kind of slid down there for a few seconds in my own head. So I was just trying to get the old numbers and whatnot because... After speaking with, uh, fuck, I forget his name on Instagram. Oh, he has a very, very nicely built um, uh, XJ, Chris Penalty, Penalty built. He has the chopped in dove nose gray Cherokee with green um, accents. And I was just kind of like shooting the shit with him about like what really goes into the dove nosing. And it was just one of those things that he was suggesting like doing shock hoops or coilover hoops during that process because then as you're fabricating it all back together you can kind of do it all at the same time make it look good make it look clean so it's just one of those things throwing it around yeah but but um that's that's the spiral of work right yep it's it's the trap that colin got caught in a few years ago it's the trap that i know i'm just i'm about to run into hello (laughs) it's one of those things where you know once you're in there you you might as well do all this other shit, and yep. it it all adds up. That's what was exactly... supposed to be a simple spring flip, lengthen the traction bar, and go, has now resulted in um, my Jeep not having a side, and you know, a couple other minor things. <laughs> no big deal. So <laughs> put the side back on and get it going. Earlier on, we were talking about um, well kind of ties into the whole changes thing with with my jeep we've been kind of it's been a collective of conversations about my cage build and something that i've been doing a bit more research because after luke informed me of going the full distance or taking the time and effort to do something i said all right fuck it i'm taking the time and researching different builds whether and like kind of Looking into all different off-road aspects, going from like trophy trucks, rock bouncers, crawlers, and just seeing all what people suggest, whether it be on forums, whether it be on actual fabrication, like companies, what they're talking about, uh, other podcasts. And something that has kind of come to my eye is that doing an exo cage is probably not the best decision. Going with proper geometry to make a cage is far better than trying to just go around a Cherokee body and putting the cage around it, trying to make it work. So I don't think going with the uh, the mini hoop is going to be my best idea. I think if I want to stay on my platform, I need to chop it up to get the best geometry. And I know you guys both have exo cages, but to me, an exo cage feels like just an excuse to keep the body clean. 
and fuck that shit. And, <laughs> okay, all right, all right. We're going so, right back to this. Hold, hold on, on. Hold on, hold on. They're Come not on. exocages. They're whatever. You're hybrid fucking hybrid cages. cocksucker, whatever you Listen, want to call it. I don't it. want to be categorized as an exocage Cherokee. I don't you. care. You're you know using how much time I wasted keep... on that stupid thing? I know, like but my I'm whole saying, Christmas I, vacation. I know. I'm just, I feel <laughs> that it's not worth the effort to try to keep my body clean for poor geometry that can be used in a better situation you know what i'm saying i feel that by trying to i mean who the why the fuck is this thing built like an actual dumpster i'm not kidding you why <laughs> is there uh what are they 10 foot sections across the top Listen, Nine that's foot just sections? how they made it hold on hold on hold on okay okay <laughs> jesus there's a reason that the Cherokee is no longer there. I swear to God, Google it. The life expectancy of a dumpster is 15 fucking years. Do you know how long the Cherokee was in business for? 84 to 01. 15 fucking years. There's, <laughs> there's no... I swear to God, it is not a coincidence. But regardless, I feel it's not worth the effort to, to sacrifice proper geometry in a cage just to try to save my body there is no reason for a straight piece or whether it may be for it to go straight across the top for nine feet or eight feet or i don't know i don't have a fucking tape measure on me and a cherokee in front of me but looking into it this is something that me and luke kind of discussed as well and he suggested that i don't do this but i was thinking of going with start off with the b pillar your b pillar is pretty much your main support i mean it's what saves this cage mostly from crushing down directly on top of you with having your core supports off of that. And I feel like starting off with that and then properly bracing, that would be smarter than just doing a halo to protect the top and having less chance for the, uh, the, the I guess, the, the cage to move around. And I know Luke was kind of saying that uh, that might not be the best idea, but he didn't really get into it, but why do you feel that way? That the double B pillar might be worse than just doing. I don't, I wouldn't say it's worse. I would say it's going to be unnecessary. Okay. Um, okay. For example, like I know XJ Mike was running one of them for quite a while, but his rig was an incredibly fat pig. If you look at a lot of the rigs, say for example, uh Greenleaf's rig, if I remember correctly, had a single B pillar for quite a long time. I can't remember if it's still a single B, but um, I know DMR had a single B pillar. Ross Davis had a single B pillar. A lot of guys are getting away with running a single B pillar. If you're also talking about shortening the body and reducing the overall like length of the body, I feel like you can build in yes. enough triangulation and whatnot to keep the vehicle happily together with one B pillar. And that might be a little okay. bit easier and cleaner to fab because I feel like if you don't, that's one of those things that, I don't know, I just like the clean look of one piece of tube. It could be like three sixteenths wall for that hoop and for your A pillars as well. All right. I don't know. I was just in another conversation that came up is like, let's say I did that. I started off with a B, then ran my A's down there's going to be a section there from the front of the windshield to the B pillar. That's probably about a, maybe 20 inches of just straight tube. That's kind of unsupported unless I gusset it to the B. I mean, how long, I mean, where else are you going to support your A to? 
unless you go inside the cage and drop but in front of the windshield otherwise where else are you going to drop that a down to i without mean, having god sorry honestly the a pillar thing really doesn't particularly worry me i'm just going to throw a spreader on mine but mine are probably they go from the um rocker up past the windshield so maybe like 48 inches long and i'm not worried about them at all i'm at I'm... horizontal horizontal street is what mm. i'm kind of i because i mean well, how much how much can that tube really support with the direct impact straight down without anything supporting it underneath um, you're not you're not wrong the a pillar i think is if you only have a single a pillar without a ton of support, cause there's not a lot of ways to support it unless you're in a full buggy. Um, yep. that is what gets crushed a lot of the times. I'm pretty sure through conversations with Colin that we were having that, you know, Ross has a double a pillar because he was smushing the single a pillar. I might be wrong. I, that's, I think I remember that conversation uh, yeah. happening. You know what? You might be right about that. I can't remember off the top of my head. So then how does an exo cage or an exo hybrid or exo, however you want to word it in that sense, how is that going to be more structurally sound than doing what I suggested? Because like on a full body, not, not chopping well, it in that, half. That's chopping... the trade-off. When you are doing a full body rig, you're going to have trade-offs. If you're in a two buggy, you don't have to make all those trade-offs yeah. because you're, you're not following, you're not, conforming to a specific shape a specific platform uh, i mean there's trade-offs in if you're gonna have follow the body lines of an existing vehicle there's gonna be trade-offs that yeah. being said if you've got so then you, you know, agree with me you agree that a hybrid or exo is just an excuse to keep your body clean it not no, necessarily i mean that's like it's just keeping a you keeping the style of the vehicle intact and some people me included like that but not everybody does and it doesn't mean that you have to follow the body of the i think it's cool when people don't you know they take cherokees and make them weird i think that's cool it's not I what agree, i would do i i like the look a of the cherokee point like i feel like if you i don't like when people build like the boxes if you will out of a cherokee after they've cut the body off and they don't like do something different with it if you're gonna like yes. chop it up do something different with it that's my main thing i like miguel uh his buggy is very appealing to me like i just like the way that the tube work is done i like that it pulled in with the dove nose and the dovetail and the front forelink it's just cool but i don't think that it's Saying that it's just an excuse to keep the body takes away from what the cage can do because that cage will probably hold up perfectly fine to a good hard roll or two. And realistically, that's what it's built for. And that is part of the trade-off of keeping an entirely full-bodied rig that you want to keep streetable. I agree, but I, I, it's, so I don't no, so, fully agree at the okay, same time. So I'll take that. You agree to the sense of for a streetable rig... It's worth it. Yeah. But in my sense, where I don't really care about keeping it streetable, it might be the smarter decision to go full. I can't say that word because that's not politically correct. Full idiot and create <laughs> fuck whatever comes off the body. 
but make the cage to be the most structurally sound possible instead of just going with a hybrid or an exo or anything like that yeah i'm not gonna disagree with that it would be if your plans are to try and build it into a basically a mini buggy or into something similar then yes if you want to go like past the route that curtis went sure let's chop it up you can just move the b pillar back we can get frisky with cutting the doors off cut the roof line however you want to do it and we can build the cage to that but that means that you're going to have to deal with the rest of the supporting mods that's all oh absolutely i mean i totally get it it's just i'm trying to the vision that i have for my jeep can it fucking changes the whole every single day i swear to god it's like a it's like a girl changing outfits, I swear. I'm so indecisive with it. I'm just trying to make the best decision for it to be... Because I don't really give a fuck. All I want, Cherokee, is from the windshield to the hood. To have somewhat of body panels that once resembled a Cherokee at one point. Like, the whole back could completely get changed up. Well, the then, in my, could get... in my opinion, it sounds like you need more seat time. So be it, but I mean, I still need a cage. So, I don't disagree about the so, cage, but I'm just saying it's like... But then that ties into the idea of what Graham said while you're there. Are you going to do it right or are you going to half-ass it? You might as well do it right while you have the time and effort to put into it. I never said don't half-ass it. I'm Whoa, still going to half-ass it. I'm just going <laughs> to do it right. Yeah, do it twice, Grembo, or whatever. <laughs> but Fix it again, Grem. Fix it again, Grem. <laughs> yeah. So then there must be an in-between that we can come to terms on. Yeah, that would no, be... and if you want to chop it up, feel free to chop it up. But I'm saying if you don't have a clear vision as to what you want to do, just wheel it more while you think of it. And, like, I need, come up but with I need a concrete safety. plan. I need safety. Just don't be dumb. So don't roll it. Yeah. Fuck that. There's so many lines that I want to try that are just on that cusp of dickhead that I need a cage. Well, Trust me, I mean, there's if, literally if one line that I know will cage, work. A hybrid cage will get you done. But and I don't. be strong. I guess you're right. But I mean, that I'm still spending $1,500 on tube you, that is not going to be staying on the Jeep, which sucks. If you were to do a bare minimum hybrid cage, you'd have a solid B-pillar, assuming you build the internal structure correctly. You'd have an A pillar, the halo on the top, and you know C and or maybe a D pillar, depending on how far back you go, depending on what you want to do with it in the future. Uh, that doesn't mean all that stuff has to stay exactly where it is the whole time. You can cut the pillars off and put the pillars in new spots, as long as you sort of know, you know, I may want to change this in the future and maybe account for it. There's nothing wrong with doing that. There's no rules. You can put a cage in it now that'll suit your needs for now and not commit to dove-nosing and dovetailing the thing and then change it later. That's what sawzalls and angle grinders are for. I guess, but again, we're there. I mean, great. Okay, I guess, I guess you're right. I'm not saying that in July on the fucking 13th at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm chopping my Jeep in half, and that's the day the build starts. That's not what I mean. I mean, even though it's actually perfect because it lines up right after Badlands, which is when I probably would do it. But either way, <laughs> oh, actually, I think it's right as Badlands starts. But regardless, I'm sorry I'm, to tell you, boyo, but that's right in the middle of my busy season. And I, I'm gonna be wheeling. To be, I got a backyard, dude. I will chop it up wherever the fuck I need it to do. And I, again, the only thing that I would need is a bender 
and somebody to weld it. That's it. And three other brains that I can go, does this idea work? If I bend this to this, is this structurally safe? Listen, That's... 120 wall is not difficult to weld. It's easier no, than I welding just, thicker stuff. Again, genuinely, I, I do not have seat time. <laughs> I don't have seat time on a fucking welder, you know? I just, I do not got the hands, dude. I swear to God, I am Stevie Wonder. Literally, you do little, little, little curse of ease or whatever. I don't know. Everybody's got it different strategies. Work, yeah. I'm dog what are you shit. talking about? I'm a dog shit welder. Okay, Graham. Slow down. I stay in my lane. All right. I know where I am. <laughs> like, and I, again, I have no problem paying people for proper shit, and that's fine. What I'm just saying, it's got to get, it's got to get. We're gonna, we're gonna have to work on that one with you. That's oh, not, absolutely. That's gonna you, take time. You gotta, you, it doesn't take that much time. Welding isn't that. He ain't seen my welds. We have proficient <laughs> at. I'm not gonna say good, but eh. My welds are good. They're not great. They're okay. They're same. Mine look like a toddler playing with the packaging foam from a package that they just put oh, on. Oh, shut metal. up! You were just doing your fucking stiffeners. That's fine. We're gonna have it's to fucking more than chop them when you're too, okay. Probably. It's fine. You were you doing just, just fine practice. on. Yeah, you're doing Dog okay shit. on the truss or on the truss. Wow, you're gonna Super save so much money and so much chunks. time in the long run if you just learn how to weld and you buy yeah, yourself. Yeah, absolutely. A welder oh, dude, I'm I'm 23. Of course, weld. I have I have time to like get to that level of expertise. Also, you but got the cheater mode enabled. You just have to glue metal together and have it not rip apart. Test a few things that aren't critical, and as long as it doesn't rip apart after some hard wheeling then you know you've done good enough and you can probably translate that to something that might actually affect you in a life or death situation so Fair. like i'm probably gonna end up helping kish with his stuff but i mean yeah. you guys both have cheater access because you've got a 220 machine free to your disposal to use just gotta so, pay for gas and Wire. Gas and wire. <laughs> and the consumables, because you guys do oh, both yeah. fucking zap the tip all the fucking time. I do. I, I do. do. <laughs> I'll just supply you with more DeWalt tools. Tig. No, okay. Again, again, I shit you not, dude. I'm like, okay, like, I'm, I'm, it's popping. Okay, go a little closer. I'm like, oh, it's a little closer. Let me just start. And then it's like fucking halfway in there, stuck, and then I'm beating the thing off like fucking Karate Kid because oh now it's God. fucking zapped up in there. I, expected. I pulled it off, and I'm like, looking at it. I, I take the screwdriver. <laughs> Bro, I got to use like a half inch screwdriver to pull the fucking shit off of it because I'm so dog shit. Dude, I'm not even kidding. I'm so bad at welding that. There needs I've been to be working on trying to help. <laughs> Just give him some like practice plates or something. That's bad. <laughs> Keep Dude. the tip like half an inch to an inch away. I don't know what the but then I get splatter. Is. Kish, did no. you order that truss yet? I yes, yes, I did. I hit up your guy. I hit up Chad Bartley or whatever, however you say his fucking name. And I got the uh, the front truss with some brackets coming my way. Twenty for bucks, the, I'll weld uh, them on for you. Fifty. <laughs> I I like my life. <laughs> I choose life. <laughs> but yeah, it's for the fifty. The, uh, yeah, for the fifty. What did you end up going with truss wise? Barnes, Artec. Yeah, yeah, uh, Barnes. Barnes. 
Barnes I've heard good things about those. A bracket. Are you sure it's Barnes for a 99-04 Super Duty? Yeah. I'm oh, sure that's make cool. One. I, yeah, I just yeah, hadn't that, seen that, that on the that's website. What the, that's what the link he sent me was. Oh, word. Yeah, because um, he, he sent me uh he sent me the price with links to the uh pages on Barnes for everything. Sweet. Just double check to make like, sure that um it isn't an O five plus. I mean if it's an O five plus, we'll just grab you an O five plus axle. No big deal. Or you can sell it to me and I'll buy an O five plus. I'm 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 fucking looking right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Actually speaking of Iron Rock off road, their uh customer service is pretty good. Yeah. They sent me only one of the kits and I called them up and the guy was like, Oh shit. Yeah. Oh, we'll send son it. of a bitch. It's for an O five plus. Yeah. Wow. Round of applause, everybody. Round of applause. <laughs> uh, I didn't even notice that. Wow. I'm <sighs> I would shoot a... I would shoot Chad a message. It shouldn't be a big deal to get that fixed. Yeah, but... I'll I'll have to do that. Or worst case <laughs> scenario, you uh sell it to either uh myself or Grambo and uh things happen. Or or I just pick up an O five plus axle. Yeah, yeah, yeah for six hundred dollars. Uh, Where are you what? getting your... 05 plus is for sixteen hundred bucks. Sixteen? Sorry, sorry, I'm stupid. I was gonna say yeah, that no. six hundred was way too expensive. No, I I got a place to grab them for two fifty five. Like yeah. why the hell am I trying to pick up Graham's ninety seven for two fifty? And I already stripped it. Because <laughs> it's well, already stripped for two fifty. There's a deal bucks. for you. Wow. He's stripped by you. You wow. know well. <laughs> cut. You just can't weld. Dude, I'm actually no, I can't. You should see the scar on my leg from the <laughs> the angle grinder. Oh my god! <laughs> Power tools, uh, breaking bolts. Oh yeah, I'm a menace. But I, I do have. To I'm a good that, time. <laughs> that genuinely had me concerned for the oh, quite a while that day, Cody. That was the okay. The only thing that really freaked me out about that was it wasn't bleeding. There yeah. was no blood. A, it did not hurt one single bit. Like eat like. For two weeks afterwards, I could sit there and smack it. Did not hurt whatsoever, and there was zero blood. It was very weird. Huh. Granted, I cleaned it out like crazy. Still didn't even hurt. Like, put hydrogen peroxide, didn't hurt. Pulled out fibers from the disc, didn't hurt. It was weird. You just got lucky. Didn't hit yeah. the nerves. You, know, you dude, just it was, have nerves there, apparently. Dude, it was so sketchy. I was cutting off the, uh, the extra piece for the uh, driver's side... Uh, coil mount oh my god coil bucket boo mm -hmm. couldn't even fucking talk right there um yeah. and i was cutting and i saw i was doing everything normal i had i had it facing away from me i had the big face shield on like i was doing everything completely safe except and it, there wasn't a guard on the guard wouldn't have helped the guard no, but the guard wasn't on and you were correct okay okay was it no i was wearing jeans i have the jeans still that have the scuff on them Nice. I could have sworn that you were in shorts. I do not wear shorts when I know I'm gonna be around power tools. That's silly. But oh. yeah, either way, it like cracked just enough that when it caught, it just went right out of my hands and just barely nicked me right in the leg. And oh mm -hmm. yeah, good times. You gotta so, make sure you have a hold of it. 
Some grinders are more are more prone to kick than others. I've got a couple of Makitas that don't kick at all, but Jacob's got this like uh, what is it? Harbor Freight Bower. I call it Eddie, and it uh, <laughs> that thing kicks like a motherfucker. Does it sling hockey pucks well? Uh, I mean it. I don't, I don't, I don't know where you're going with that, but Eddie, Eddie Bauer. Never mind. Okay, don't Eddie Eddie Bauer. I thought yeah. that was like, don't they make pants? <laughs> no, Eddie Bauer is the owner of Bauer from like hockey company, but it's fine. Oh well, Eddie Bauer is also a clothing company. I think I was wearing Eddie Bauer pants, and that's when I was like, oh shit, Eddie Bauer. You call him Eddie. Wait, they weren't buckle jeans. I'm so surprised. You're not a well. See, here, here's. <laughs> Here's one thing, too, about what happened with you, Cody, is you were using the Milwaukee, which has the on-off switch, not mm, like the Dewalt, suck. which has the variable. You know, you have to we hold don't the own, trigger. We don't have the a Milwaukee. Man. Oh, sorry, Crafts. That is that. That is competitors right there, man. I... <laughs> <laughs> My bad. But that, that's one of the reasons why, especially if I'm using a cutoff wheel, I use the wall. Because that way it only has power if I'm holding the trigger. Yep. So I don't know. I feel like if if, it, if something happens, it's still gonna it be spinning, flying, but it's not gonna like. Yeah, but it's not gonna have power. Yeah. You know, like you know what? Cody, Cody Go threw ahead. it, and it was still going. I didn't throw it. I didn't have a choice. The thing kicked out of my hand like a bucking bronco. It was going out of its own way, dude. It kicked out of your hand, and it was still going on the floor. The thing was singing Country Road as it ran away. I swear to God. <laughs> John Devner popped out of the corner. So, <laughs> the biggest thing that I'm going to take away from this conversation, the McDonald's was definitely worth it. Because I wasn't there for that. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot you were doing something. I think oh. I was No, I was at Wait, Mob Bell. No. Yeah, you weren't you weren't with us at all that day. That was the one day that you left me and Richie to our own uh our own vices or whatever. <laughs> also I texted I texted yeah. the group chat of like I fucked up. <laughs> I went to Mob Bell that day. Yep. Yeah, you were at Mob Bell with uh Ryan, right? Yep. Um so Ugh. Ma Bell, man. I, I Every time I go up or even near loading dock, I just think of Colin's fucking 44 exploding. Dude, <laughs> like, such a horror story of just... Oh, yeah, you there know, he goes. I don't have an excuse not to try it this year. Do it. I'm down. If you do it, I'll do it. Well, I'm gonna um, have to do it. I've got stickies and fucking <laughs> coilovers now. Well, I don't need safety to do it, right, Graham? So I could just do it and try again. Yeah. Do it again. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Exactly. I'm just fucking around. That, that, I mean, yeah, that, that is a good excuse to up. fucking chop up that unibody there, boyo. Yeah, it'll be a good excuse when it turns into a pancake and I'm halfway inside of it. <laughs> that, that We got Milwaukee's. Oh. We'll get you out of there. <laughs> That's one of those lines that have put my tires on a few times, and it's always denied me. I don't know if it's just just hasn't been the right conditions or I've just been a pussy on it, but no, I feel like it's a bit of both. That is one so, of them fucking hard lines where you get on it and once you think you're in the line, you just kind of got to commit and the ZJ went right up at every time. I never mm-hmm. got denied. So My the only XJ reason oh, gets sorry. denied. 
So the only reason that I would say it's a little bit of both is because I've seen four rigs go up it, just me personally, and they all do it the exact same. Get your tires about 75% up that climb and then hammer. I mean, yep. fucking give it everything that your Jeep has. Where with you, I've noticed, I mean, granted, actually, the last two times that we were well, there, the, it I was haven't disgusting. been to Mobile in a while. Yeah, and it, it has been raining. Gross. It was na- wicked nasty mud at the bottom. It's been dug out by everybody else and their brother who's been trying it. But I noticed, like, you got to, like, just about the tip. Because it's and sketchy. Then... Cause it's oh, dude, it's sketchy. horrifying. Oh, absolutely. I but, would uh, you know, I uh, climb uh, up it. Uh, I mean, I've, I've got some uh, it, other things I've done now. I've, I've done more vertical climbs. I'm more comfortable in that position now. I'm, you know, maybe on a nice good day. We'll, uh, we'll on a dry it day, it makes it a lot easier. Um, well, it's a I puddle was... at the bottom otherwise, and it's just... Yeah, just when I was up. wheeling Ducky, it was... I'm going to call it a two-tap obstacle, because normally I would hit the rev limiter and tap it twice before I was up it. On a dry day, you can almost just, like, not quite idle up it, but I was at 111, and you could just give it a light bump and the thing would climb. Yeah. The wheelbase helps though. And Cody, I think this uh oh. this uh, you mentioned it really early and we actually we cut away from it uh, talking about you know trying different things on different lines and I I wanted to mention that yeah if it's if it's an easy obstacle I I I would tend to just you know those ones are I don't want to say they're throwaways but right once you can get up them it's like checked off the list right i can do that one right at least for me that's how it's always been for me the obstacles that i love are the ones that deny me consistently and then you i've had i think i was on 35s and we were at harris mountain and i'd had a couple different variations in my setup over the years that we had been going there and sometimes i'd make it up one shot other times it'd spit my drive shaft out it'd break my uh brake lines right off and then i'd slide back and slam into the back and destroy my rear bumper uh i think i broke multiple brake lines trying to get up that obstacle improper Mm -hmm. setup probably uh which obstacle specifically this one's it wasn't even that hard it was like a blue it's marked as a blue it's the the, um weird turnoff that i broke my hatch i blew up my hatch on um are you got no, I know the obstacle he's talking about. The it's um uh, off it's of the called. main loop. If you go in, and then you go up past um, what the fuck is it? Creek Trail. Like instead of going up Creek Trail, you go up that green, and then um, you keep going onto the loop up there. It's a turn off to the side near that, and it's right near where Colin always jumps his jeep. Yep. Oh, you're talking about the little double step up. Yeah, right? it's yeah. a double step, but it's at a strange yep. angle. And if you don't yes. have the right size tires, it just absolutely denies you every time. I've since yes. totally conquered that. I don't think it will ever give me problems ever again. But for probably a solid two years, it was like, am I going to make it today or am I going to just get absolutely <laughs> fucked? And those are the obstacles I like. The ones that, you know, you either some days you have it and other days you don't. And I think that's more interesting than you know, picking and choosing lines, right? Because you still have to, you're trying to figure out, okay, what was the line that actually gets me up it versus what's what's the one that you just denies me every time, right? Huh. I can never, on that one, I couldn't figure it out with the 35s. It was, I think it was just conditions that was giving me problems, but 
It's definitely, I see what you mean. Something to think about, right? Oh, if you haven't there's already. A, there's a video of that with my old ZJ doing that uh, line and having to bump the shit out of it, speaking of conditions, because it was wet as shit that day. I remember the yeah. one day that I did it, or the, well, the last time I went to Harris Mountain. You walked I up did it, right? No, we had a weird problem. I remember that I, I, I think I was open in the rear too, so I barely had traction. I was on the thirty sixes, so they were dog shit, and but it was dry as can be. And I believe that was the only reason that I got up it was because I just backed up enough. And Luke was like, "Yeah, just point your tires a little to the left there, just fucking smack it." But I climbed up it left, got stuck in the weird like notch that goes across it, backed up a tiny bit, and then bumped it up. But I could see where that has so many different variations that could come out of it that one day it could be this, one day it could be that one. Like, there's no very set line on that to really cruise up. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that uh, pretty much covers it. Anyone got any uh, final thoughts? No, it sounds pretty. Yeah, sounds pretty good to me. All right. Well, uh, don't forget to air up and lock the gate behind you.